Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for bringing us together. We're very thankful for what Christ has done. We're thankful for your spirit and we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the way you minister to us through one another as well. Lord, I pray that this morning would be an encouragement and a blessing to all who hear. Pray you'd put a watch over my mouth to say only what you want me to say. Lord, I pray that each of our ears would be attentive and alert, that our hearts would be soft and encouraged and motivated to know you better through what you have for us in Wellspring. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, today, most of our most of what you're going to hear from me is not from the Word, and that's not going to be typical. Next week, your Bible is going to be singed because you're going to be turning the pages so quickly. We're going to be all over. But nonetheless, I just want to start with one of my favorite passages that just reminds me of the gospel, and reminds me of what our, the greatness of our God and the greatness of what he's done on our behalf. So if you have a Bible, you want to turn to Ephesians 1. I'm going to read beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. We have a mighty God, don't we? Well, I want to start by just again welcoming you to Wellspring. Uh, It's a blessing to be here and to start our second year. I want to cover a few logistics and do some introductions, and then we'll talk about what Wellspring is. Um, The doors right there are the doors that we will use. Um, I think once this year, we already know we'll be meeting in a different room, and we'll give you the information for that when we get to it. But typically, you'll just come in those doors. We're going to make every effort to be ready for you by 645, and we will start right at 7 o'clock. And I would just ask you if you can do whatever you need to do to be here by 7. It just will be a a help to all of us because I really want to honor you. I want to honor you and your time and your families and your other commitments and make sure that we're done by 9. And so in order to be done by 9, we're going to start right at 7 o'clock. If you can't be here at 7, don't not come. I still want you to come. Come in, be respectful of those around you. But if you can do everything possible to be here each week and to be here at 7, that will just help all of us. Uh, When you arrive each week, you'll go through the materials table. There will be a place to check off your attendance. Um, There will be a place to pick up a note-taking outline for the teaching and also a homework assignment. So be sure you pick those up. Um, hang on to your name tags. If you would wear those each time, put them in your notebook or tuck them in the pocket of your car or something because there are just a lot of us who have a really hard time remembering names. 
and you know you're in a room with this many women, there's a lot of us who don't know each other, and it just removes one of the barriers to getting to know each other. It's just a lot harder to go up to somebody and say, you've told me your name for the 30th time, but I still don't remember it. That's just hard. So we're your name tag, and they don't have to say that. You know, they can just say, oh, Sarah, nice to see you again. <laughs> so our typical format for Wellspring was that we'll, we'll start with teaching right at 7 o'clock, um, and then we'll break up into discussion groups. And a little later this morning, we'll have some time with our discussion groups. You'll get a chance to meet your discussion leader then. Um, so what is Wellspring? Uh, Wellspring is a ministry for the women of Grace Bible Church. Uh, whether this has been your church home for a couple weeks or whether you've been here for years. Uh, it grew out of the ministry called Build, which is a training ministry for the men of Grace Bible Church that Scott Maxwell started teaching, I think, seven or eight years ago. And it's been really encouraging as a member of Grace Bible Church to see the fruit of that in the lives of the men. And so last year when Scott made all of his notes and lots of his time and all of his lessons available, to be adapted for the women, it was just really encouraging. And it's been very encouraging to see God's grace in bringing fruit in the lives of many people who were able to take Wellspring last year. Um, to understand more about Wellspring, why don't you pull out your notebook. Now, if you were in Wellspring last year, we're making an assumption, which is always dangerous. That assumption is that you have a notebook. And I say that that's a dangerous assumption because I went to the shelf last night and I couldn't exactly figure out which notebook on there was my Wellspring notebook. But if you don't have a notebook, let us know and we'll make sure you get a notebook. But if you had a notebook last year, try to find that. If you were not in Wellspring last year, then we should have a notebook for you. And if you didn't, if that you're still not in that category, you still don't have a notebook and no, you don't have one you can go home and find, then let us know. We want to make sure you have one. Uh, but you can see on the front of your notebook that the name of the ministry, Wellspring, came from Proverbs 4.23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now, the definition of a wellspring is the head or source of a river or spring. It signifies a source or supply of anything, especially when it's a source that's considered inexhaustible. So when Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life, it means that everything flows from the heart. There's nothing that comes out of us that didn't first reside in our heart. So whether it's our motives, our desires, our will, our intentions, our words, our choices, all of that flows from the heart. And you can see that our logo conveys that idea with the continuous flow of water. It's on your name tag. It's on your notebook. It's on all the handouts. It's the idea of a continuous flow of water from an unseen source in just the same way that everything flows from our hearts. In addition, the logo points to the fact that this is a ministry for women. And Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, talk about the strategic role that God has for older women to train and encourage and pour into the lives of young women. And so that logo can also remind you of that responsibility we have with one another. And so when you see the logo, take the time to remember that it's a reminder how crucial it is that we guard our hearts so that what we have to pour into others is truth. And it's, it's 
something that's grounded in scripture and grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now go ahead and turn over your notebook. There you see the purpose and disciplines of Wellspring. And these are really the heart and soul of Wellspring. This is what we're going to be talking about all year long. The purpose there, you can follow along with me, is to equip and encourage the women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd their hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. So that they live out the gospel. That means that they're living a life that shows the abundance of God's grace, not only for their salvation, but also for their growth in becoming more like Jesus. Thus strengthening the church in its gospel purpose, which and the gospel purpose of the church is to declare the gospel in word and deed um, to one another and to the lost so that disciples are made and the church grows and God gets the glory. And so that's, that's a lofty purpose. And the elders desire to see that purpose accomplished in our lives through three specific disciplines. And that gives us a united understanding of what it looks like to pursue spiritual growth in our own lives and how to effectively minister to other people and to disciple other people, both in our home, in the church, and beyond the church. Um, Their elders desire that all the various ministries of Grace Bible Church would be united around these disciplines so that whether you're involved with student ministries or Wellspring or your small group, that we're all thinking along the same lines, that we're all um, encouraging one another with the same basic principles that are involved in the shepherding of our own hearts and and helping one another grow. So why these disciplines? Well, the disciplines really are a framework. They are not apart from God's word, and they're certainly not over God's word. They're under God's word. And they're an effort to describe the priorities that God gives us in his word um, for believers. And so the disciplines that you have on your notebook are just how we describe those here at Grace Bible Church. They're meant to be helpful, and they're meant to unite us. They're not a source of pride. They're not something to be prideful in. Um, When you look at a a ministry at another church, or when you um, look at a woman who maybe isn't in Wellspring, that's not the point of it at all. That, That would be inappropriate. It's just to be a helpful tool. Um, And these are disciplines that we will never leave behind. I'm really thankful to be doing this for a second year. I'm really thankful to be teaching it for a second year, first and most, because I need it. As I prepared for today to talk through these disciplines, and you can see what they are on your sheet. It's the heart and the home and ministry. I have a long way to go. We're doing this together, and this is a place where we're going to spur one another on to keep growing, to persevere, to not grow weary, so that we live lives that are fruitful and give glory to God. So looking at your sheet, underneath the purpose, you have discipline one. She prayerfully shepherds her heart toward God through the word of God, and in particular, the gospel. We must shepherd our hearts to the word of God to get the God of the word. And that's, that's the key. That's something that some of us have been hearing for a long time. And the reason we've been hearing it for a long time is it's not going to change. <laughs> right? That's the reality. That's what it, it means. That, that's what it takes to grow in your walk with Christ and to be prepared to help others grow. 
we will talk a lot in Wellspring about reading the Word, about reading all of the Word. And it can be really tempting, I think maybe, more, certainly more so for some than for others, and I think more for women than men. That's just my opinion. That's my opinion. But, you know, it can be really tempting just to check it off. I got it done. I got it read. And just look at it as a task without bringing our heart to meet with God when we're in his word. And so that's the last thing we want to do. The last thing we want to do is just to make this one more task that we check off. Our heart attitude must be, God, I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss Jesus. And that's why it's a discipline. We have to discipline ourselves when we sit down with God's word to make sure that that we're seeking God and asking him to help us be impacted, to meet with him. Uh, The point is that we must have Christ. That if we don't draw near to him, that we know and we understand that we will dry up. That we won't have anything of any eternal value to give to anybody else. And everything flows from this discipline. The rest of them are built on it. So if we're not in the word or we're not seeking Christ when we're in the word, what do we really have to say? What do we really have to say that's going to impact our classmates, our roommates, our coworkers, our family? How can we come alongside people in our small group and encourage them and help them um, if we haven't brought our hearts to meet with God, to be transformed by him, to grow in our love for him? But if we are meeting with him in his word, then we're really going to be getting Jesus. We're going to be more and more full of his truth and abiding more closely with him so that we're giving off the aroma of Christ and we do have something to offer others. If we get this discipline, then all the other ones will come. But if we miss this discipline, the other ones will just be empty. They'll be bankrupt. And so because this discipline is so central and so key, we will keep coming back to it. And we will spend most of our whole first semester looking at what God's word says about the heart. Then discipline two is the home. She ministers to those in her household with her heart for God and the gospel. As women, we need to understand the spiritual influence that we have on those that we live with. We need to be godly women Godly women who make it a priority to influence our household with our own heart for Christ. And before I talk more about this, I kind of have this soapbox on this discipline because I think that it's really tempting to take the discipline of the home, and if you're not married with three short people living in your house, is to think, oh, well, check, I don't have to really worry about this one. You know, I just, I'm kind of past that season, or I'm not to that season yet. I'll deal with that. I'll deal with home another time. And that's wrong thinking. That's not biblical thinking. And that doesn't reflect the priority that God places on the household for all of us. Now, how we minister in our home and with our home will vary by the season that we're in. You know, when I have little people in my house, it actually 
sometimes it was the only way I could minister to others was by having them into my house so the kids were taking their naps or something. And now I have big people in my house, and it's actually harder sometimes to meet with somebody because they're coming and going, and, and you know that, that's where Starbucks is really helpful. So it, it, it's going to vary. We're not talking about rules here that says it has to be a certain way. But no matter what our season, God is very concerned with how we care for those in our household with our own heart for Christ. Um, Another way in which you may be ministering to your household is ministering to family members who don't live with you. If you have aging parents or you may have grown children who live away from you, or but, but maybe they're here in town. Those are all important close relationships to minister to with our heart for Christ. And then just one more plug for this, because I just am so passionate about it. It's all understanding that this applies to all of us, is that um, we, I think I was figuring out, I think there's probably more than 40 years age span from oldest to youngest in this room, which is just great. I just think that's awesome. But that means that we're all at a very different season. There's a broad range here, and we are all in Christ. And that means that um, we need to be prepared to encourage one another to be faithful in our home in whatever season that is. When I was home with little people, it was a lot of times people who weren't in that season who were the biggest encouragement to me to recognize that they are my ministry. That I have a gospel ministry right there with those little people. And sometimes it was my friends who were there with little people that we were just couldn't see the forest for the trees because we were just looking at the little people. <laughs> so, so you probably will just hear me beat that drum till it's just dead. There's a big hole in it and I'm going to keep beating it because it's just really important that, we, that none of us exclude ourselves from that. Um, so why is this so important? Well, obviously we see the people we live with the most. Um, And so that means we need to make those relationships and the impact that we make on our roommates, our brothers and sisters, our parents, our kids. Um, We need to make those a priority. Our husbands. Why would I say that one last? If you're married, that should be a priority, right? Um, And so we want to make sure that we are bringing the gospel to them, that we are giving off the aroma of Christ to them, that we're making an impact right there in our own home. Scott Maxwell uses the term, don't leapfrog. We don't want to play leapfrog over our own heart, or we won't have anything to give to the people in our home. And likewise, we can't play leapfrog over our household and think that we're just going to go out there and minister to other people. Let's care for those in our home first so that what we have to give outside of our home is authentic. It's being lived out. Um, As I mentioned before, Scripture says a lot about the household. God has a really important role for the household um, in, in the life of the church. It's a really important tool in the ministry of the church, um, regardless of the role that we have. Um, 1 Corinthians 12:18 says, But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. So it doesn't matter what, what your role is, what age or stage you are, he is the one who has made us members of his body together. And that, and that is our bond. Jesus is our bond. Um, So we all have a profound opportunity to display Christ to those who are closest to us. Um, That brings us then to discipline three, which is ministry, uh, with a heart for God and the gospel, and fulfilling her ministry within her household, she steps into the church to shepherd others toward God and the gospel. Now I want to introduce this 
this discipline with a little story. Now, we know that there are different kinds of jobs. Some jobs can be done by anyone. When I was in high school, one of my best friends was named Deborah, and Deborah could have invented the word bling. She was a girly girl. We didn't use the word bling way back in the 80s, but that was the kind of girl she was. And I am pretty sure she could work hard, but I am pretty sure she never looked under the hood of the car. <laughs> and there was a certain irony to the fact that when she got her first summer job, her job was to deliver auto parts. Okay, and that was all right, because all she needed to know was how to drive a car to deliver the auto parts. She didn't know, need to know what they were called or what they looked like or what to do with them. And some jobs are like that. Other jobs, on the other hand, don't work that way. If, let's say you're, you're looking for a personal trainer or something like that. If your personal trainer doesn't exercise and doesn't eat right, I'm not sure you're going to go to her for very long. <laughs> because you need to see that she believes in what she's telling you, that she practices what she preaches. And ministry is the same way. See, the church doesn't need warm bodies to deliver auto parts, right? That, that's not what the church is. That's not what ministry is. Ministry um, means uh, what the body needs uh, when we talk about ministering in the body of Christ as women is we need to be women who believe God's word, who practice what the word says, who practice taking our own hearts to the word of God and living that out in our home so that we're equipped to be fruitful and effective in ministry. And that's why our leaders have established these disciplines, because they help establish priorities for us. Um, remember in Proverbs 4.23 wealth, um, that our heart is the wellspring of life. So everything flows from discipline one, from the heart. If our heart is full of God because we're in the word of God and we're uh, pouring out Christ into our households, then we will be effective and we'll be fruitful. Now, does that mean that we take on discipline one and we work on that really hard until we've got it mastered and then we close the book on discipline one and move on to discipline two? No. If you've been around for any length of time, you know that these all have to overlap and they need to be going on at the same time. Um, we do need to be caring for the body. But the disciplines help us establish a priority in our thinking. My first thought needs to be, am I shepherding my heart? Am I staying in God's word? Am I meeting with God in his word? And am I living that out in my household while I minister to others? Simultaneous to. And, and how that looks is going to vary by our different seasons of life. But they go on together at the same time. One other thing that's important for us to understand is what is ministry? You know, we have two pastors at our church who wake up every morning, most days of the week, and they go to work, and they're doing ministry. And you know, what a blessing that there are men who are gifted and trained to do that. But they are not the only ones who minister. Um, some of us have roles. You know, there, there are names on the back of the bulletin of people who lead ministries, and, and you can say, well, that's their ministry. But again, that's still too narrow of a view of ministry for what we're talking about in Discipline 3. When we talk about ministry, we want to think about a mindset. The mindset of one who is eager to live as a slave of Jesus Christ. Who understands that, that we are not our own. That he purchased us with his own precious blood. That we're not slaves to sin. 
we belong to him. And that we are eager to be available, to be used by him in every aspect of our lives. With how we think, how we listen, how we speak, the choices we make, where our time goes, how we make decisions. That we are people who are eager to bring the gospel to bear in every circumstance and to be available, to be used any way that the Lord would choose. So I want to encourage you, all of us, to be praying that God would make us effective in ministry, um, in the church and out of the church, in our homes, um, and that all of us would be diligent to keep these disciplines before us, keep this wellspring purpose before us, and ask God to use them to help make us the women he wants us to be for his glory. So now we're going to open up our notebooks and, and look at the, the nuts and bolts of wellspring. Now the notebook is here to serve you. And we all think a little bit differently. And you can just do whatever you want to make your, your notebook your servant. Um, you can see that there are tabs for the different disciplines. You might just want to file the lessons as they come up behind the discipline that they fall into. And that works really well until you get to a lesson that covers more than one discipline. And so that's just tricky. If you want to add dividers to your notebook and, and separate it all out by lesson, you can do that. Um, you know, I haven't looked at the notebooks, the new notebooks. I think they might have a tab that says homework. Is that right? Yeah. So um, that was one suggestion that came back from last year is that some people thought it would be helpful to have one section where they file their homework. So when they sit down in a discussion group, they can pull out the lesson that's being talked about and they get a lesson back. It just all gets filed together. So maybe that works for you. It's just up to you. You can decide. Use it however you want. Um, if you have your notebook from last year, you get to decide what you do with, with what's there from last year. You can file it or move it to another notebook or just keep adding stuff or whatever you want to do. Um, but it's just it's there to serve you. Um, you'll see in the front uh, the schedule for this year. If you were in Wellspring last year, you got... Well, on the back table, we're available, and hopefully you got a, well, a schedule for both well, uh, Wednesday and Saturday. Um, I'll, I'll warn you that the dates are not as closely linked as they were last year. Um, you can see, especially next spring, we end up, I don't know, a month off or something like that. Um, and so if that's an inconvenience for you, I apologize. But if, it does, if something happens in your schedule where you need to switch over, that you have the schedule right there in front of you, um, but just let me know if, and let the Wednesday people know if you need to make a permanent switch because of work or school or something like that. But those are both there for you. You can pull out your schedule from your old notebook and just replace them with these new schedules. Um, I want to ask you to keep that schedule in front of you. Don't ignore it. You're going to want to check the dates often and put them on your calendar or on your Outlook or your, your phone or wherever you keep dates. Because I think I just did my best to make it confusing. You know, it'd just be really nice if it was every two weeks. But it's not every two weeks. It's every two weeks, and then it's one week, and then it's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, one week. So it's just going to keep us all on our toes. And it would just be such a great opportunity to stumble into sin, you know, because it's confusing and it's frustrating. And so we can just encourage one another to ship our hearts away from that and to trust God to help us remember. So 
if you are, just do your best to be here each time, and I'll really try to announce it when it's going to be um, one of those quirky times in our schedule. But we are a busy church, and there were just a lot of things to coordinate with. And so I appreciate you being flexible with that. Um, you might notice that there's only one week between September 24th and October 1st, but you only have a little bit of homework that week. So it's okay. Um, and then there's three weeks between November 12th and December 3rd. And so maybe that'll just be helpful because it's Thanksgiving. And you can have extra time to do whatever you do at Thanksgiving. And then after December 3rd, it's just one week. We're going to meet December 10th. So just a heads up that our schedule is a little quirky. Uh, we will do another breakfast the last time we meet in December and the last time we meet in May. Most of the time we won't have food, but you are free to bring your cup of coffee or your water bottle. Um, and sometimes we'll have a snack. If you like bringing snacks, tell Lori and Marilyn, I just realized I didn't introduce you guys. Well, I'm going to introduce you. So if you want to bring a snack, you can tell them. So this is just a little time out. I'm Sarah Demras. Are you glad to know that? And I'm really glad most of you know that already. Um, I'm going to be teaching today. Okay. I know. That's a big surprise. Lori Hantla is our hostess, and Marilyn Myers is helping Lori. And they um, are just here. They are such servants, and they are here to serve you. And so if you have any questions about notebooks or snacks or anything, you can contact them. Um, And when I was talking about things that you picked up at the table, I forgot to tell you that you picked up a page, you already know this, that has information on how to contact me and how to contact Lori and also how to find resources for Wellspring on the website. So that's just there available for you. Um, And then I also will tell you that the website is changing, but I don't know when. So just as soon as you get this one figured out and how to find the resources, we're going to make it tricky. And you're going to have to learn how to figure out on a new website. But we're just going to help each other with all that. Okay. All right. Back to your notebook. All right. See, are you glad this is just the intro week? You know, tick the tires. You decide (laughs) this is just not for you. (laughs) All right. Oh, and we have an assistant teacher, too. And her name is Barb Pagel, and she's really great. And she's going to teach at least a couple times, and she'll fill in and sub for me if I get sick or something. But she's not here today. And so Anne will be leading her discussion group. And Anne's right back there in the middle. Hi, Anne. Okay. So now back to the notebooks. The first tab is Discipline 1, the heart. And if you look in there, you'll see a list that is heart categories for consideration. And then behind that handout... Okay, the first one looks like this. And then the next one says the heart in the New Testament. Um, These are just really helpful resources, kind of just an overview of a collection of what Scripture says about the heart. And it can be really helpful to come back to that as we go through the year. Um, And as you read your Bible and you discover more of what God's Word says about the heart, I encourage you to jot those down on these sheets. Keep adding to it. It's just a great resource. And it's something that I haven't, um, I haven't, I'm not done needing to be reminded of what God's Word says about my heart. And I don't think I ever will be. Uh, So those are tools for you. The next page in the heart section is something we'll look at more next time. 
And then there's a second tab for the home and a third tab for ministry. And we hope to add to those sections when we get there with uh, sheets that are similar to what you see on the heart. And then you have your reading plans. I don't know if the tab says reading plans or what, but if you can find that section in your notebook. Okay. So you have some Bible reading plans that will take you through reading the Bible in a year. Now, why would that be in there? Well, that is the primary assignment in Wellspring. And you might still be wondering why that is the primary assignment in Wellspring. Why is it the desire of our leaders, whether you're in Build or you're in H3? Well, you guys wouldn't be in Build or H3 because the men are in those ministries. But if you're in Wellspring... um, (laughs) And why would they be encouraging us to build a habit that we would just continue to read through the Bible over and over for the rest of our lives? You know, it can be, honestly, kind of tricky to get behind this assignment. It can take some work in our own hearts because, you know, for myself, I know that there were many, many years I saw January 1st approaching, and my mindset was something like this. This year... I am going to read through the Bible. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I'm going to read the whole thing, cover to cover. I'm going to read every page in that Bible. I can do it. I need to do it. I want to do it. And you know, if I miss a day, I am going to read twice the next day. And if I miss a couple days, I'm going to just stay up all night on Saturday night and read the whole seven days worth because I'm going to do this. I can see none of you have ever thought that way about reading the Bible. And you can hear the problem with that approach right out of the gate, can't you? Because what's the subject? I, yeah. And so I don't know how those years might have gone for you, maybe the first week, maybe the first month, maybe you made it all the way to Leviticus, and somewhere along the line, maybe you just ran out of gas. And once again, you just feel like the biggest loser and a second-class Christian, and you just think, maybe I am just the only one who struggles with this. And I'm just a failure, and I just wasn't cut out for this. And forget it. Until next year comes around, and January 1st is there, and this year I'm really going to do it. Um, and the problem is that that's not what this is about at all. This is not about muscle, mustering up enough muscle to work through this in your own strength. This is not about being able to say, I did it. It's not a competition. It's not a way to make ourselves feel good about ourselves or to make ourselves feel awful about ourselves. That's that's still the wrong focus. It has been really helpful for me to understand why this is so valuable. Now, there have been many, many years in my life where I have really dug in and studied one book of the Bible. And, you know, that is sweet. I love doing that. It is rich, and I wouldn't discourage anybody from doing that. But I started to realize, as I did that year after year, how much of God's word I wasn't reading, how much of God's word I wasn't getting. And I started to realize that even my understanding of that one book I was diving into was somewhat limited because the rest of God's word wasn't fresh. I wasn't keeping the whole counsel of God in front of me. See, we need to take in all of God's word. 
We need to know Moses' God because he's our God. He's our God. We need to know how he interacted with his children a long time ago so that we know him better. We want to see him through the entire Bible. The focus is not on me. The focus is on him. The Bible is full of illustrations and examples that Paul says are there for our instruction. And so I want to be, and we need to be, full of God's word. The Old Testament and the New Testament. It's how we get equipped. And then that also enables us to care for others with all of God's word. To have an accurate understanding of who our God is. A complete view of his attributes. And it's just not something that we're going to do if we don't plan for it. Now, when I started to understand this, that it wasn't about me, that it was about knowing my God, um, it, it changed my whole perspective. And I, I began to want all of God's counsel, to want to know more of what God had to say in all of his word. And I want all of his counsel to be shaping my thinking and my understanding my, and, and my decisions, my relationships. So it becomes a journey of discovery, and, and we get to be reminded over and over again, year after year, of who God is and what's true about sinners and what's true about what he's done to redeem sinners and purchase sinners for himself. Now, at first, up until the beginning of Wellspring a year ago, when I would read through the Bible, it was kind of read through the Bible in a year because I didn't usually make it in a year. Sometimes it took me two years. And then I worked all the way down to 18 months. You know, that's just, that's just how long it took me. Um, but as I've stuck with it, it's become a joy. And every time you go through God's word, he's just so gracious to grow our understanding and to help us make more connections of what's going on, one part of the Bible with another. And since Wellspring began, and I've wanted to be faithful to uh, the assignment to read through in a year, it really keeps getting easier. And so I want to just encourage you to persevere and don't give up. Um, it, It really does become more and more a natural part of your day, where the day just isn't complete if you haven't spent Um, spent good time meeting with God in his word. Now, um, we've talked about reading through the whole Bible, that we want the whole counsel of God, um, that we want to be exposed to all of it. That's what we're going to be aiming for. We're going to be encouraging one another with that. But we also talked about discipline one. We talked about how we need to be shepherding our hearts to meet with God in his word. And that we want to draw near to him, to know him better, to see our sin, to grow in the joy and satisfaction of belonging to Christ. And what we really are going to be doing in Wellspring is marrying those two together. We, we don't want to leave either one behind. We don't want to be people who have that one favorite verse, that go-to verse. And that is the verse that we go to because we like that verse and it encourages us and it ministers to us. Now, you know what? It's great to have that verse. We don't want to just be only those one-verse women, and we don't want to be the the check-off-the-list women. We want to be women who are meeting with God as we seek to know him through being in all of his word. That's what we're after. And you know, on any given day, if one of those has to go, ladies, we can never let go of intimacy with God. 
That's the priority. Now, that doesn't mean toss the reading plan. We're still on the path. We're going to persevere. We're going to keep trying. But we've got to have the Lord. We've got to meet with him. So there's a commitment in Wellspring to read through the whole word of God. And so you miss today, you can read two times to, or twice as much tomorrow. That's okay. And it might take you more than a year, and that's okay too. But we do need to be asking ourselves, if we're say, telling ourselves, I just don't have time, it's a really good time to evaluate if what we're thinking, if we're thinking rightly. Um, you know, sometimes we, we, we actually can be believing lies. We can be thinking, I don't have time, when, when maybe we really do have time. Maybe we're just arranging our priorities differently. And you know what? Every one of us have probably had seasons where we didn't feel like we had time, and that's how we can encourage one another. If you are finding, feeling, I don't have time, maybe you want to journal your time, and then go to your husband, go to your Wellspring discussion leader or your small group leader and say, you know, help me. When do you think is the best time to read? How does that help you? Um, how, how does that help you actually meet with God when you're reading? And, and keep fighting for this. And so it's important to understand that struggling with this is not a reason to quit coming to Wellspring. If you struggle with this, this is exactly where you need to be because that's what we're here for. We're here to encourage one another. And you know what? There are weeks, for me, where this goes great. You know, um, in Luke chapter 1, Mary says, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And, you know, we can have those days. Maybe they're just moments. Maybe it's when we're in church on Sunday and we're singing. We're just thinking, I just wish I could stay here all the time. I'd just be so spiritual. I just wouldn't want to sin at all. You know, those are great moments where it's just the overflow of our hearts. But, you know, there are also a lot of days for me that are a lot more like Psalm 103 days. Psalm 103, the psalmist is kind of giving himself a good talking to. He says in the command form, Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Now, do we generally give commands to people who are already doing what, what we want them to do? You know, we, our kids are sitting quietly. We don't say, sit quietly. And so I don't think the psalmist was commanding his soul, commanding his inmost being, commanding his heart to praise the Lord. He says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He's saying, don't forget. Don't forget that he has forgiven you and that he's rescued you and he has crowned you with loving kindness and he satisfies you. Don't forget. And, you know, I have a lot of those days where I'm meeting with God. I'm like, okay, Lord, praise God. Because my soul, my heart is just wanting to think about other things or maybe I'm tired or maybe I'm just really struggling with taking my thoughts captive, away from sinful thinking. And so we persevere, and we cry out to God for help, and we get into this word which has the power to subdue that unruly spirit, that unruly heart that doesn't want to praise God, that doesn't want to remember what he's done for us in the gospel. Okay. So we are aiming to grow in perseverance and faithfulness in this. That's what we're aiming for. Not a perfection test. Okay, so if you are already uh, working on a reading plan, you can just keep on going with that. You don't need to start a new one. 
But if you are new to having a reading plan, or maybe you're just really discouraged with your old reading plan and you want a fresh start, that's okay. You have several in your notebook that might, you might uh, want to choose from. The first one says 52-week Bible reading plan, and I actually don't know what order they are in your book, so that might not be the first one. But this one is divided up by genre. Uh, the reading tends to be a little lighter on the weekends and heavier during the week, but you're reading from all these different categories of scripture every week. And, uh, but on any given day, you're just reading in one book. And that, some people really like that because they, they, they find it disjointed to be reading Old Testament and New Testament and Psalms every day. So this lets you see lots of things in God's word, but you're only reading one thing on one day. Um, but you are going to need more time during the week because sometimes you're reading six or seven chapters out of some pretty long books. Um, the McShane's Bible reading plan is one that uh, a lot of people really enjoy. It has you reading four different parts of scripture every day. Um, I think it takes you through everything in scripture once, and I think all of the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs twice, or something like that. Um, and the nice thing about that is that every day you will be in Old Testament and in New Testament, and I think every day, no, you're not, never mind. You are always in New Testament and Old Testament in the McShane plan, which can um, be helpful, especially if the Old Testament is not as familiar to you. There's the chronological reading plan. Um, one of the advantages of the chronological reading plan is it helps fit things together. You start to understand where the prophets fit in with all those um, histories and kings. Um, something that some people find challenging about the chronological plan is that you're in the Old Testament for a long time. I don't know, eight or nine months or something like that. And so if the Old Testament is not real familiar to you, you might find that um, it might start to feel sometimes like a dry spell. If it's harder for you to uh, pull out gospel truths in the Old Testament, just not you're newer to that, it's not as familiar, um, that can be a challenge to not be in the New Testament each week. And then finally, there's the Old and New Testament together. This takes you through everything in Scripture once. And uh, just about every day you're reading both Old and New Testament. So kind of simple mind. It starts in Genesis and Matthew, and you just move through Old and New Testament in parallel. Last January, this is just something I decided to do, and so I just laid out as another option. I found it to be helpful. It has a reading plan in it that is somewhat like the McShane plan. You read Old Testament, New Testament, and either Psalms or Proverbs every day. And um, it's, it's, you know, each day it's got the little reading plan in the corner, and it just gives you a place to make notes, write down a, a verse that you really liked, um, I write down, you know, things I'm praying for in here. And I've just found it helpful to have that all together in one book. And it's available from, I think, ywampublishing.com. So if you want more information about ordering something like that, you'd obviously be starting that in 2012, so you'd want to pick up one of these others to read until that time. But I have found that to be helpful. Okay, so those are the reading plans. Um, So whichever plan you, you choose... Uh, take it out of your notebook, fold it up, do whatever you need to do to make it like a a bookmark that just sticks right in your Bible so that it's there, it's available for you. You can be checking off as you go through and reading. Um, There are a few more available on the back table if uh, you used one up last year and you want the same one, and they'll also be available on the website if you lose it or whatever. 
So your first assignment for Wellspring is to pick a reading plan, if you're not already on one, and to get started on it by October 1st. And I was thinking about this, because, you know, some of us kind of like being overachievers, and so if you start early, you'll actually be ahead. You will be ahead for, like, the first three weeks if you started today. So it's up to you. You you need to start by October 1st, but it's okay to start early. All right. Um, So as we move along, we will talk about what to do if we get behind. We'll talk about uh, what what one another does. We'll share pointers, and we'll give encouragement, because the point is to persevere in that. Um, Then the next thing that we want to talk about is homework. You should have picked up a homework when you came in. And it says, personal evaluation of your heart's interaction with the word. Um, These will get turned in, and so you're going to put your name on those. Um, Usually they'll get turned in the next class. And the reason for that is to give us some accountability, and it gives your leader a chance to get to know you better. Um, Now, this is not something to feel uncomfortable about. And I say that because sometimes we we tend to feel uncomfortable with that. But it's not something to feel uncomfortable about. Um, If you have any concerns, feel free to talk to me or your discussion leader. But last year, it was so encouraging. The discussion leaders were so encouraged to just see how earnestly their sisters in Christ were were taking the assignments and and taking God's word and and what they were learning. And then I think the women were encouraged as well as they they got that feedback and and maybe an encouraging word or a Bible verse in response. It was just that extra little boost sometimes to to encourage you to persevere and and to keep keep growing and keep learning. Um, Most of the assignments are are more of a self-evaluation based on the teaching and the disciplines. And there's something that you're really going to only benefit from if you are thoughtful about it. Um, So, for example, if the question is, what do you do with your heart when you open the word? You really want to take time to think about that and ponder that and then put down where you really are with that. And if you find yourself that you're where you really are isn't really where you want to be, then, then put that down too. It's, it's a place um, where you can do that evaluation. It's there to help you. Um, it's not heavy duty, but it matters. Um, and we are going to evaluate ourselves for a purpose. It, it helps us to see where we need to grow, where we need to change, so we can take those things to the gospel because that's where our hope is. Um, We take it to the truth of what Christ has done for us, um, what he's done about our sin, um, so that we can start to walk in newness of life in that area by his grace. Now, last year, some of the assignments turned out to be rather lengthy. And I just want to let you know I'm working on that. I'm going to try to uh, have most of them be more the length of what you're getting this time. So this week's homework, go ahead and put your name on that right now. While you have it, put your name on that so you don't forget. Um, You can see on there that it says that it's due October 1st. And once again, I did something a little tricky. And that is that you actually need to have the first three questions done by the next time we meet, which is September 24th. So go ahead and write that on your paper. However you want to do it, circle the first three and write... September 24th next to those. 
because we'll discuss the first three the next time we meet. And then you'll hang on to your sheet and you'll finish it and we'll discuss the last two on October 1st and then you'll turn them in at that time. So if you did Wednesday Wellspring last year, you understand this because you did that a lot. But we didn't do this for Saturday last year. Okay. All right. So let's just um, take a minute to look at some of the questions on this homework, and then we will have a chance to split up into our discussion groups. Um, The first question says, what throughout the day quenches or hinders your love for God? By quench, it means extinguish, puts out, dampens. What habits undo your attempts to shepherd your heart nearer to God with his word? How will you plan to bring these habits to an end? And you know what? It's not sufficient to just write sin, because we could all just write that. Okay, we get that. Um, And I also want to encourage you that if shepherding your heart is just a brand new idea to you, and you're thinking, I really don't even know what that means, then take some time to even just brainstorm what, what do you know about shepherding? What does a shepherd do? And how might that apply to the way... Uh, a believer can care for their heart with God's word. You can look at a dictionary. You can look for some synonyms. Um, And when we meet together in our groups, more than likely you're going to hear things and you're going to think, I never thought of that. And that's why we meet together and share, because we really grow a lot from hearing the insights that other people have. Um, And we will be talking about these ideas all year long. So hang in there. If there's some unfamiliar terms, if you just have never thought this way at all about the Bible or your walk with Christ, um, that's why we're here. We're going to just keep walking together, and hopefully it'll all make sense. Number two says, what are your current daily or weekly habits of shepherding your heart into greater love for God with God's word? Again, it's just really important that we're honest with that. Uh, if you never thought about it before, then just say so. And then maybe write down some questions you have about how, how do I do this. Pray about getting started with it. Open up your Bible with the purpose of growing to know God better and ask him for his help in that. Um, you know what? This is not natural. And that's why um, Discipline 1 says that we prayerfully shepherd our hearts to God's word to meet with him. We, as we pray and as we ask him for help to draw near to him and to grow in our love for him um, through his word, he is faithful and he is the one who is there to help us and, and brings the growth. Number three says, what is your mind on when you open God's word? What do you hope to accomplish when you read? Again, maybe you never thought about this before. So write down where you are and write down Uh, where you want to be. Where do you think God wants you to be? Why do you think he wants to accomplish in your life as you read? And then number four and five that we'll talk about that next week are there as well. Um, So again, which questions are we going to discuss next week, next time? The first three. So Lori, if you send an email to people who weren't here, would you make sure that you put that in the email and red letters or something? Thank you. All right. All right. We will have discussion time each time after the teaching. Um, And in the discussion group, it'll be a chance to discuss the homework. It'll be a chance to get to know each other and build relationships and pray for each other. Um, These are not small groups. Small groups at Grace Bible Church are the primary way that um, 
that we care for one another and that the elders um, are connected with the body. Uh, and so if you're not in a small group, I would just encourage you to think about moving in that direction. At the information table on Sundays, there is a sheet with a description of every small group. And if you don't have a small group, I would encourage you to get that. Grab one of the elders and ask them for help in finding the group that's going to work best for you, whether it's based on your schedule or where you live or your season of life, whatever it is that um, would help you identify a group that's going to work well for you. And it's okay to go visit a small group and go visit a different small group and, and try a couple before you actually uh, make a commitment to one in particular so that you, know, you have a group where, where you're comfortable. Um, so the, the small groups are primarily where at Grace Bible Church we live out the one another's with each other. Um, our Wellspring discussion groups are just going to be very small groups of women. And so that makes your part really important. You're really going to be missed if you're not here. You're, each group has a leader, and that leader will lead the discussion. Uh, they will give you feedback on your assignments, and they will creatively encourage your group to be praying for one another. But caring for each other in our discussion group is a group effort. Um, it's something that we all can be doing, looking out for each other, reaching out to one another, uh, making sure that no one gives in to discouragement or feeling overwhelmed, helping one another remember why we're here and remembering why it's worth persevering in. So make that your commitment to care for others in your group, to pray for others in your group. All right, so we've talked about the components of Wellspring. When we're here together, there'll be teaching and discussion time. When you're on your own, you'll have your Bible reading, and you'll have your homework, and you'll be praying for your discussion group. And these are all important, and they really work together. So I really just would encourage you to participate fully in all those aspects of Wellspring. And I hope that you're excited about the year before us. I, I pray that all of our hearts are ready to grow and to draw near to Christ, to be challenged. And it's my prayer that as we shepherd our hearts with the word of God, to get to the God of the word, that we'll be making much of Jesus, that he'll be magnified and he'll be displayed better through Grace Bible Church and in our lives outside of Grace Bible Church as a result. So let me pray, and then um, we'll, I'll give you instructions for breaking into discussion groups. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us and giving us your Son. He is our treasure. He's our only hope. And he's all the hope we need. Father, I pray that you would be um, guiding and directing each woman as she uh, moves forward with starting on a reading plan. Lord, that you would guard each heart from fear. You would guard each of us from being self-centered about that endeavor. And that you would grow in each of us a hunger for you. Father, I pray for our time together, the discussion groups, that you would help those times to be warm, that they would be um, encouraging for each woman. In Jesus' name, amen.